Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Lovesame! Mike Smith! A game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! Leon Dreisaitl right circle! No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action! This is NHL overtime! This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Tupac, uh, born this day in 1971, Bob. One of the uh, unsolved stories out there, to say the least. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've had a chance, uh, Brendan, to, to watch uh, on Netflix. Um, 
there's a series out, uh, Who Killed Malcolm X, really well done uh, and uh, educational to us, to say the least, as well. And, and yes, there turned out to be uh, the deep state uh, maybe didn't necessarily completely and totally uh, reveal all the information they had at the time of the initial assassination. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Hope you're having a uh, terrific uh, Tuesday. We're going to have a wide-ranging show, to say the least. Um, Bob Stoffer with you uh, from the home office, along with Brendan Escott, who is back at the 630 Chad Studios. Tuesday is, of course, the day that we have Mark Spector on the show for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. And uh, Speck will join us between 12.30 to 1.30 today. And uh, we will also have uh, Edmonton Oilers associate coach Jim Playfair today at 1.35. We are going to have a little bit of a conversation uh, coming down the pipe as well uh, with uh, somebody from Horse Racing Alberta. As uh, yesterday, the province announced a little bit of clarity uh, regarding uh, a couple different issues. And so uh, we are going to have the CEO of Horse Racing Alberta, Kent Verlick, uh, today at 105 to sort of educate us on uh, on how they're going to get back up and at them uh, moving forward. But lots of hockey talk on today's edition of Oilers Now. And I guess part of the conversation point we're going to frankly get into fairly quickly here. Uh, into the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Uh, it is brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. In Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. This is uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau from today saying he's comfortable with a Canadian hub city. We have indicated that uh, we are uh, comfortable with moving forward on an NHL hub in uh, one of three Canadian cities that are asking for it. Obviously, the decision needs to be made uh, by the NHL and the, the uh, cities and provinces in uh, in the jurisdiction, but uh, Canada is uh, open to it as long as it is okay by the local health authorities. So, uh, there you go. That's uh, a question that uh, needed to be answered, and it has now been answered. That's Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau from earlier today. So it's going to come down to um, local or regional jurisdiction, and we already know the position, um, certainly, that Edmonton and Vancouver are both in, uh, both uh, potential bids for a hub city have been endorsed uh, by the respective premiers and mayors of those communities. Um, All that said, I still think Toronto's in the driver's seat to get this thing. I think that uh, there's, like, Vegas is the favorite in the West, and Toronto is probably... uh, the leading candidate in the East Toronto's history of hosting major events like the 2004 and again the 2016 World Cup plays to their advantage. I think that uh, let's not forget there's an NHLPA element to this as well and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Vegas despite the fact that they've had 1200 positive cases over the course of the last week, to put things in perspective, Edmonton's had 175 positive cases in the first uh, 15 days, uh, uh, first 16 days now in uh, Edmonton of uh, June. Uh, Vegas, nonetheless, uh, likely has offered an entire resort, not just for players, but for the players' families as well. So uh, I think Vegas and Toronto are the two best bets, but pretty clear now the feds are going to allow regional jurisdictions to, to decide. By the way, Edmonton up to 175 positive cases in the month of June. There have been 22,000 and 500 tests done. So that's basically a 0.75% uh, positivity rate down to two people in ICU. And at one point, uh, Edmonton, uh, the province had set aside 150 ICU beds to deal with COVID-19. So there's a bit, bit of an update for you. Brendan, uh, 
Again, we'll have some fun on today's show. We'll get back in the orders now, Audio Vault, momentarily. We'll tell you that you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree is back up and at them with over 1,350 slot machines. Do you want to mention the table games? Not quite ready yet. Uh, the casino floor at the River Cree, 100% smoke-free. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. You can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. I'm on Twitter, at Oilers Now. Uh, you can tweet uh, Brendan at Brendan Escott. Brendan with two E's. Escott with two T's. And uh, the show Twitter account is at Oilers Now as well. Just before we get into the Oilers Now audio vault, and I'm going to guess, Brendan, okay, interesting. Uh, I'm going to, this is not uh, this day in Oilers history that we're going to run a little bit later on. Do you know what occurred on this date in 1990, Mr. Escott? Were you born in 1990, by the way? No, I was not. One day oh. you'll remember that I'm a 94. You're a 94. Okay, well, I'll remember that you were born the year Mark Messier led the New York Rangers to the first uh, Stanley Cup championship in 54 years. There you go. This was the day of the draft in 1990 for the NHL draft. And, uh, you know, Glenn Sather and Barry Fraser, they killed it early. I mean, they drafted five Hall of Fame players between 1979 and 1981. They got uh, maybe soon to be six Hall of Fame players that they drafted. Remember, they did not draft Wayne Gretzky. And the Oilers currently have six players in the NHL Hall of Fame. In 79, uh, you know, they got uh, Kevin Lowe in the first round. Uh, Mark Messi and Glenn Anderson. So obviously Messi and Anderson are Hall of Famers. In 1980, they got Paul Coffey and Yerry Curry. And in 1981, they drafted Grant Fear. That group of players was allowed to evolve and grow together, and they really uh, were the genesis of the Great Oilers dynasty, perhaps the most electrifying team we've seen in NHL history. The Oilers, as we all know, won their fifth and final Stanley Cup in 1990. They did something in 1990, and I have gone through this uh, multiple times before, for about a 25-year run from about 1980 to maybe, say, 2003. They were the only team in the NHL at the draft to do this. They had uh, more than five picks where not one guy played a single game in the NHL. They actually had 11 picks. Scott Allison was their first-round pick that year. They had 11 picks in the draft. And not one guy played a single game in the National Hockey League. Now, again, they just come off their fifth Stanley Cup in seven years. Um, the Oilers organization was in a – Glenn Sather was at the head of the organization. Barry Fraser had a lot of clout and power. He did some amazing work in the early uh, 1980s. But they struck out in that 1990 draft. And as a rule of thumb, you tend to need two players per draft year. You need to hit on your first-round pick, and then you need somebody else to come through. Um, take a look at the 2015 draft year. And many of you would say, well, what could have been in 2015? Connor McDavid goes number one in that draft year. The Oilers trade the, the 16 and 33 picks to, to get Griffin Reinhardt. Obviously, that deal did not work out. A lot of people think that's a worse trade for the Oilers organization than, uh, you know, uh, for all the critics of the Hall for Larson trade. Um, you know, Griffin Reinhardt didn't pan out here in Edmonton. And the Oilers organization should have had a lot of information. I will be the first to tell you that if you had told me in 2015 that Griffin Reinhardt would not become an NHL player full-time, I, I would have challenged you all day on that. I thought for sure he could be a 4-5. or five. So I was I was wrong. I've been right before on some guys. I've been wrong. Uh, 
But that 1990 draft, 11 picks and not a single guy played in the NHL. I know uh, there are a couple other franchises along the way that had similar experiences um, just off the top of my head. And uh, the Arizona Coyotes in 2003 did not have a player play a game uh, out of their draft class that year. And then the Vancouver Canucks in 2007, Montreal in 2008. But that is uh, when you have 11 picks. And it, it is, you know, it's an interesting exercise and it's all revisionist history. And you have to weigh the balance and breadth of the work uh, that the Oilers Barry Fraser did because he hit home runs on guys like Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and for that matter Kevin Lowe back in the, the, the 1979 draft was a great draft there's no question about it 1980 the Oilers drafted two Hall of Famers in 81 they stepped up and got fewer so they had tremendous success early it kind of went away late Jim Playfair by the way was the first round draft choice of the Oilers at, albeit a uh, late first round pick I think he was 20th in the 1983 draft he'll join us on today's show back to that 2015 draft Brendan the Oilers trade the 16 and 33 then they have to give up a pick uh, that they'd gotten uh, uh, you know, that they had uh, for, uh, you know, as compensation for uh, the orders sign, you know, uh, getting Tom McClellan to come to the organization and to do the same thing for Pete Shirelli as well. But take a look at their fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks in, those dra- in that 2015 draft. Caleb Jones in the fourth round, Ethan Bear in the fifth round, and John Marino in the sixth round. Like, they had a good draft. Like, it's, you know, I'm here to tell you right now, I talked to, some, you know, somebody uh, asked me yesterday, Bob, what's going to happen to Caleb Jones moving forward? I'm like, well, he's going to be pushing to play in the playoffs this year. I've got him slotted in. When we start next season, I think he's going to be in the third pairing on the left-hand side. I think Caleb Jones is going to be... And if I'm the if I'm the Seattle uh, franchise, whatever they're going to be called, the Kraken or uh, whoever Seattle ends up going with, I would think that Caleb Jones might be a player they target if the Oilers don't end up protecting them. And, you know, we'll have to wait and see in terms of how the expansion draft goes. But for most of you that would listen to a show called Oilers Now, you've probably thought about the expansion draft and thinks, you know what, that makes, you know, there's a guy if, if he's available. And, and I'm, you know, because you know the Oilers are going to protect Nurse, they're going to protect Clefbaum, and they're going to protect Ethan Bear. That's a given. But how far does Caleb Jones progress moving forward as well? So that 2015 draft year was a uh, good draft for Edmonton in terms of the picks that they actually deployed. And it shows you. You, you gotta, you gotta hit on at least two picks. But it's interesting stuff nonetheless. And I, I've gone through this multiple times in, in the past, Brendan. I mean, 11 picks. That is hard, hard to do. Uh, updated totals out of Vegas now, according to the Chisler. They're up to 1,300 now over the course of the last seven days for positive tests. Uh, where do you want to go, Brendan? Do you want to chime in on missing on, uh, you know, and, and how do you how do you weigh and equate the overall breadth of work as a scouting staff if they have a draft class where nobody hits versus drafting five Hall of Fame players between 1979 and 81 because it's the same group? I mean, that, that's, that's kind of a crazy statistic. Or conversely, do you want to talk about hub cities based upon the fact that the prime minister has stated his uh, well, I think we know sort of the story with the hub cities. The drafts, the drafts are an interesting one, Bob, because I think that you know the deep dive sports fans are always so fascinated uh, looking back on those kinds of things and the redrafts and what could have been. And you know, like you said, revisionist history because it's easy to look at that first round in 2015 and think about, well, you know, could they have had Matt Barzell? Could they have had Thomas Shabbat? Could they have had a Svechnikov? And I can remember you saying specifically the team was awfully high on Joel Eriksson X. So if 
they keep that pick and they do go the route of the big Swedish centerman um, who obviously to this point in his career hasn't produced like a Barzal, a Kyle Connor, a Tomas Shabbat, that sort of thing. Are we having this same conversation? Or are we maybe putting more credit on the on the staff's um, the body of work when you look at how much they really did hit on the defenseman in the final few rounds? There, it's I, I guess more over the point that I'm trying to make is it's pretty humorous how how you can be very much in control of the assets that you're getting, and yet sometimes it's just an absolute crapshoot, regardless. So you're finishing up year two working on the show. Think mm-hmm. of the contrast in where we're at with the fan base right now and the confidence level at this time this year compared to this time last year because we didn't know that Ethan Bear was going to be who Ethan Bear turned out to be this season. And there were people, you know, ripping me in late October because I said, you know what, Yamamoto is better than about five or six of the forwards here. And guys like, what the hell are you talking? You're completely out to lunch. Quit pushing it. And I'm like, are you watching the guy play down in the American Hockey League? Like he is a different player. And guys do grow and guys mature. And the fact that Bear, Jones, and Yamamoto, Oilers draft and develop prospects, have worked their way. Like, if I if I put the question out there right now to our listeners on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063, who would you rather see when we get back to playing come playoff time? Would you rather see Caleb Jones play or Chris Russell? I'm going to guess, and I know there's a lot of fans that are hard on Chris Russell because of the analytics, but I'm going to guess that the majority of the fans would prefer seeing Jones in there. And they like the, the upside that Jones has. A year ago, we weren't talking about Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, and Connor Yamamoto. And it shows you how things can even change in a year. And, you know, Brendan, I've been hosting shows on, you know, a couple different formats now since 2003. So we're, we're now into 17 years. I love talking about the draft. Uh, my experience has been with people, they forget when they're wrong. And reinforce when they're right and i i've been wrong lots of times in terms of and generally i try to know the western league the best because i've got access to the most guys in the western league like that's where i would be pretty comfortable in evaluating like i was wrong on leon drysaddle i didn't think he'd turn out to be a heart trophy candidate player I was wrong on Griffin Reinhardt. I thought he could at least be a number four NHL defenseman. Now, work ethic. Leon Dreisettle kept working and driving and improving his game. Griffin Reinhardt's case, there were always concerns about the lack of focus uh, and not enough pressure, and he was going to be too laid back. And that's part of the reason why Griffin Reinhardt is not playing in North America anymore. Like, he's not even a, you know, he's not even, so that, that is part of it. And if you don't know enough of the background information, you wouldn't know as to who's going to, like, I wanted the Oilers to draft Brendan Gallagher because I know Ian Gallagher. I know how hard he drives his players that he trained with, and I was prepared to bet on Brendan Gallagher. So there was a guy in 2010 I thought that he could be a player. I can tell you there were a lot of people with Curtis Hamilton that thought there was a lot of upside if they could get the motivation factor up. It never came to fruition. So that's two guys from the 2010 draft. You're going to be right. You're going to be wrong. That's just kind of uh, how it works sometimes. So anyhow, it is an interesting thing. I, I, you know, I sit there and every day look at, okay, so what sort of happened on these days? In 1990, that draft year, a lot of people would suggest to you 
might have. I mean, if the Oilers hit on a couple picks there, they have you know different teams in ninety two, ninety three, ninety three, ninety five, four, ninety four, ninety five. Let's do this. Let's uh, go back into our Oilers now audio vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. John Shannon made a pretty interesting point on the twenty nineteen twenty bonus money payouts. Well, I, I spent some time on the weekend looking into this, and, and there are people, uh, there are agents that think that they're expecting the payments for their players to come July 1st. Uh, there are others saying that, uh, that the league has proposed uh, in discussions with the Players Association that they be deferred until uh, a date, hopefully after the uh, summer tournament is complete, where we have a better idea of the future of the 2021 season. Um, but uh, at this point, the Players Association is saying, no, there's, there's no change in the timetable, and there's an expectation that, that more than $300 million uh, will be paid to the players. Toronto Maple Leafs, Bob, owe $61 million to players on July 1. $61 million. And that's U.S. All right, that's John Shannon, 1225 at Edmonton. Into our Oilers now, Audio Vault, RCN, Texas show, and says Curtis Lazar. Well, uh, RCN, just so you know, I was big on Curtis Lazar, too. He had a decent go. Uh, he had a decent go this season with Buffalo, sort of as a fourth-line center. Um, I actually thought the Oilers should contemplate signing Curtis Lazar. He's a right shot last year. I still think that he has a chance to be a useful NHL player. I thought he was going to be way better than that. Into NHL today for elite promotional marketing back at the 630 Chet Studios. Oh, speaking of Curtis Lazar uh, and the Buffalo Sabres, there was some, some big news as we go to NHL today for elite promotional marketing, building tailored branded programs for your team or business where your order is done on time every time, elite promotional marketing. Oh, boy. Um, hmm. I've got my own opinions on this. I'm going to reserve them to say that the Sabres fired General Manager Jason Botterill this morning and replaced him with uh, Senior Vice President of Business Administration Kevin Adams. Botterill lasted just three seasons in Buffalo, was told by Kim Pagula three weeks ago that his job was secure. The Sabres have the league's longest playoff drought now at nine seasons. Golden Knights forward Ryan Reeves got a two-year extension worth $1.75 million per season, 33-year-old Led the NHL with 316 hits in just 71 games last season. Another big-bodied winger, Josh Anderson, will not be available for Columbus in their playoff run and is expected to be sidelined many more months after having shoulder surgery back in early March. He was hurt in a fight against Ottawa back on December 14th, has not played since. Calgary re-upped with Russian goaltending prospect uh, Artem Zegadulin for two more years. You passed the test. Woo! We'll take it. Uh, He'll continue developing in the AHL with the Stockton Heat. But what does that mean for Tyler Parsons? What does that mean for John Gillies? Their goaltending prospects of old, probably not very good things. Matthew Robertson, Sebastian Casa were named to Team Canada's World Junior Summer Development Camp. Athletic therapist Brian Cheeseman will be on staff for Canada once again. Reminder, this year's World Junior team coached up by Andre Tourney of the Ottawa 67s. And Bob, the U of A Golden Bears have committed Daniil Ladigan for Formerly, the University of Alabama Huntsville Chargers played his junior hockey with uh, BCHL's Langley Riverman. Who? What's his name? Daniil Ladigan. Is he Danish? South African. South African. Oh, you know what? I think, if I, if I recall correctly, I think his dad's a doctor. 
a South African doctor that's working somewhere in central Alberta. So there you go. Well, that's interesting stuff. Uh, he'll be he's going to have to compete hard to play uh, in a bottom six role at the U of A. Let's do this. It's uh, 12.28 off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.